Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio. It's a show where conversations save lives. And tonight, episode 113, this is our continuation of Reframing Your Life. Welcome to the show. I'm Jeff. With me, DW, my co-host, you doing man it's good to see you good it's good to be with you and uh, good to be with our listening audience and i'm excited to uh to always be able to sit and talk with you about things that are important and, and really have a bunch of people listening in on the conversation i guess yeah and you know there's always lively conversation and we have fun on the show we do some we have some serious conversations and tonight we're going to talk about something that might be a little bit uncomfortable for some because for some it is really real in their life. This is the Reframing Your Life series and tonight we want to tackle this really huge issue, this big word called depression. And we want to talk about fighting depression, how to do that in your life, how to have victory from that because Dave, I found in my own life and many people who uh, I would consider friends, even coworkers, people that I I just know in my own sphere of, of this little piece of this world, uh, we struggle with depression in some way, shape, or form. I think every person could probably say by the time they turn 30 that they've been depressed at some point in their life. Actually, many teenagers today admit that they're depressed, currently depressed, um, have been depressed for a long time. This is a huge issue, and it's and it's definitely a big conversation. And I think it's important that we actually open up and just say, hey, we number one, we don't have all the answers. We're not going to go through this whole topical thing and, and dissect depression and solve this tonight. That's not the whole point of the show. It's to have a conversation and a dialogue about depression because it's so it's so prevalent and so common today in our day and age, it seems. Hey, let me ask you a question, Jeff. Do you think you should always feel good about everything? I would hope that I could feel good about everything. Yeah, but should you always feel good about everything? Well, should I ever not feel good about something? I don't I, know. I, I, w- I want to. I would think so. What if you saw uh, somebody pull out a gun and murder somebody? I would be I would be pretty devastated by yeah. that. Yeah, you're not supposed to feel good about that stuff. I mean, no. there's, there's things that you just shouldn't feel good about. And and the idea of, of when you talk depression or we're talking, you know, some of it has to do with wanting to feel good about everything in life and wanting to feel good about life and wanting to feel... There actually are things in life that you probably shouldn't feel good about, and that's okay. And I think you almost need permission not to feel good about certain things. Um, because if you go into life thinking that I always have to feel good, you're going to miss uh, being angry in the right way at certain things. In fact, I think that there's many people who have been numb to feeling bad about what they should feel bad about. Hmm. When you, For example, you're watching the news. And, and this came to me one night. I was eating supper, and, and I had the news on in the background. And it was like, this guy got murdered, and this happened over here, one tragedy after another. And in between one of the tragedies, I said, please pass the salt. <laughs> you know, it was like, it struck me. Hmm. You know what? I am so numb to the news and the tragedies of the day. They don't affect me at all. They don't affect me one little bit. And I thought, yeah, you know, if in reality I was standing there 
if in reality I was watching this stuff happen, it would have affected me tremendously. Or if I knew the people, it would affect me. But it doesn't affect me. I hear it so much. Today, people play video games where they're murdering people and there's blood splattering. And, and they watch a lot of violence on television. They watch a lot of movies that have stuff in it that shouldn't. And, you know, I think that sometimes we get a little bit numb uh, to certain things. And we don't have the ability anymore to feel badly about the things we should feel badly about. Because when you feel badly about something, you normally run away from it. Right. You know what I mean? It's, yep. it's like a defense thing. But but if you've gone numb to it, you just watch it. And, and then you begin to think life is that way. And, and I'm telling you, that causes depression at that point. It's okay to feel bad about it. I know it sounds like I'm saying one of the ways to not feel bad is to feel bad about things. And I am saying that in a way. Yeah. Because we need to be able to look at things that are not right and say in our minds, these are not right. And I want to do something about making it right. Even if we don't know what to do, that's the start, is to recognize that it's not right. And to, okay, let that feeling be there that that should be there of anger or or like, uh, ooh, this is not good or whatever it is. And not try and make it acceptable in any way. Does that make sense or does that sound like an old guy rambling? You know, I think it takes some time to settle in because you've just said probably more than I've ever really thought about depression and, and how it really affects my life. And this whole reframing your life series, Dave, is all about just like a house. If I think about the word reframing, we've talked about this last week on the show, reframing in a way takes something that once was structurally sound or you know it, it has been in a way it was perfect or at least good enough to stand on its own and now it needs to be either repurposed like you're taking out a wall in your house or you're trying to put in a new office or something else so you've got to reframe the house as it were um, it means establishing something as though it was right before right and i think that's one thing we have to do in our life from time to time is we have to look at the frame and sometimes that does mean we have to take out all the drywall all the right. you know all the outer shell and go down to the foundations the very foundations yeah. of the structure to the frame and address that part of it because right. that if you don't address the framework you're not really going to fix the problem say you've got a, a wall that's bowed or that's kind of sagging or some drywall that's kind of crumbling and cracking and falling apart, well, that's probably pointing to a problem yep. in your wall or in your home. And the same yep. thing is true for our life. All of a sudden, you're starting to notice some cracks, some things that are they just don't feel good. You don't feel whole. You feel like you're starting to break apart and and things are starting to just kind of bend and, and really cause pain in our life. And in order to deal with that, in this series, we really want to talk about how do you reframe your life, as it were, just like you would a house or a room or a wall or, or something that needs to be reframed. And, and you have to have the courage to do that. I was talking to a guy recently who was telling me about his house and he says something's wrong with the insulation that his kitchen sink freezes every winter. You can feel cold air coming right through the outlets. And I'm sitting there thinking, so, all right, there's something not right there. Yeah. I said, did, did you ever consider taking off a piece of drywall and looking and seeing what's behind there? No, nah, that's a lot of work. Yeah, like, right. Well, you know what, though? You're not going to fix this problem. So what are you doing? He says, well, we're just living with it. and It's a pain. We can't wait to sell the house. <laughs> I know it. I know that feeling. Exactly. Yeah. It's a lot of work. I'd yeah. rather just sell it. It's like, you know what? There is an answer to this. Uh, selling the house would be one, but what you've just done is pass it on to another person. The problem? Yep. You, you haven't really solved the problem. And I yeah. would assume you're going to tell them that the walls don't have insulation in the, in the sink freezes. No, I wouldn't tell them that. You know, well, yeah. you know, what you're doing is passing this on. If you want to fix the problem, you have to take the drywall off, at least in the spot where you see it. 
take a look at what's going on behind the wall so that you can address the problem correctly. Get a builder over there who specializes in in, in, in insulation and fixing things like this and, and have them look at it and give you an assessment. That's what you need to do. And he's looking at me like this is brand new news. And I've lived <laughs> in the house for, you know, five years. Yeah. It's like, man. I said, how often is the kitchen? Oh, it freezes like all the time. It's like, oh, man. <laughs> you know, you got to address this. Right. You have to address it. And and he's looking at me like, are you a builder? No, I'm not. Actually, <laughs> you know, I'm 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 older, and I understand that if there's a problem, you have to go through the process of both recognizing what the real issue is, and then doing corrective action. What if I can't afford it all? Then start small, do one area at a time, and just have a plan for the next ten years. This is how we're going to fix it. Anyway, I think that's what we're trying to do on this series is is try and get to the root of some issues. And reframe them in a way so that you can actually live in the house and enjoy it without having the water freeze up. Yeah, that. And I know in my own house, I've got this issue where I've got a lot of outlets that are old school. They only have the two prongs instead of the three prongs with the ground in it. So you know what I've done, Dave? What? No, I didn't. I didn't replace all my outlets. I didn't replace all that stuff. No, I, I ran an extension cord to the place where I needed to get to to, to get that grounded power supply from so that's my solution so i can totally relate to that water freezing thing because i i would rather take the quick fix a lot of times in life than actually go and solve the foundational problem that i'm dealing with which actually i need to replace some things in my own house so we're going to talk about this and i want you to be a part of the conversation with us join us on twitter tonight we're hanging out use the hashtag hnrtb or you can also email us at hope at hopenet360.com and the conversation will continue here on hopenet radio Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Hey, I'm Tiger McLuhan from Youth Leadership. Recharge is coming to Green Bay this February. We know a lot of adults, parents, a lot of youth ministries that are filled with caring people who love children and love kids, but haven't really had the opportunity to be equipped, given practical ideas on how to do that desire more effectively. Every children's ministry worker, every youth worker hopes that their ministry makes a difference in their small group works, that confirmation impacts those kids, but hope is not a strategy. To learn more about Recharge, visit ministryrecharge.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Connect with us right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTB. Join the tweet back with us. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Jeff, DW, your host tonight, Dave. Tonight is a, sometimes it can be a jovial conversation, but a lot of times when we talk about this word depression, man, it really just hits down at our core because a lot of us have really dealt with depression on some level. And according to WebMD.com, some of the major causes of depression, um, things like abuse, Certain medications, so some drugs, some antiviral drugs, those are some, some of the side effects of drugs, uh, lead to depression. Also conflict. So being somebody who is in a dispute with somebody else, having a conflict with a family member or someone who is close to them, maybe a, a job, maybe a workplace, um, 
someone that you're working with. Uh, genetics, a death or a loss, major events, also it contributes to depression. Other personal problems, so financial situations, health problems, um, serious illnesses. And in fact, one of the things that we do talk about a little bit on this show is substance abuse. And lately we're seeing things in the news about lots of different drugs and, and things that are going on in our communities. Substance abuse, almost one out of every three people with a substance abuse problem has major or clinical depression. So, Dave, these are a lot of things that lead to depression, but this, again, it shows up in so many different ways. And I want to ask you, because you probably have some more years than I do on this, when someone comes and talks to you, as I'm sure they have in the past, and says something like, Dave, I don't know how to tell you this any other way, but, man, I'm really struggling with depression right now. What do I do? How do I how do I deal with this? I, I hate being depressed, but I don't know how to live otherwise right now. Yeah. You know what? I think all of us do end up there at some point to a certain degrees. And I, and I think one of the things that we have to realize is that that's not totally abnormal, uh, to be there. And, um, what we need to do is recognize when we are there that there are factors that are contributing to it. And for us on a program like this to understand all of the factors and to give them all out, uh, that's ridiculous to even think we could do that. Uh, but there are factors. And once we realize there's factors, it's it's like a game of practicing, trying to figure out what the factors might be. Uh, for example, we live in northern Wisconsin. In northern Wisconsin, I think it's wise for people to take vitamin D supplements. My my personal bend on that is uh, my doctor believes that. And why do we believe that? Because in the, we just don't get enough light at certain times of the year. And some people are... You know, it bothers some people. So mm-hmm. sometimes it's a matter of saying, you know what, are you, uh, are you eating right? Are you, are you, uh, taking, you know, vitamin D if you're in northern Wisconsin? Are you drinking enough water? Are you sleeping at night? And, and just getting a general discussion on, okay, here's some things that, you know, are generally available to us that are things that might help, help us think better and, and, and clearer on certain issues. So I always like just starting with a discussion on how life is going and what's going on and habits and, and those kinds of things. And I usually would start there. Uh, and then I would go to some other things like, tell me what you think of, of God. And boy, I can learn a lot just from that question. Mm. Tell me, uh, uh, do you have a relationship with him? Why are you important or not important? I, I find that if we mess up on certain things, like we, we exclude God from our life that it's impossible for us to be okay because we were made for God and we were made to be in communion with God. And if we're not doing that, we're going to feel always missed, like we're missing out. So I usually start asking them, you know, what do you think about God? Is he a part of your life? Do you understand his love? Do you understand his forgiveness? Do you understand, you know, that, that there was a world that was created by him and there's a way things were made and just kind of, kind of the basics in life. Hmm. And, and I would just go through and, and continued on the basics idea. Um, you know, when I went to years ago, I was invited to go to, uh, watch when Holmgren and Reggie White were playing for the Packers. Holmgren wasn't playing, he was a coach. Yeah. But I was invited to go watch a practice by a, a friend of, of Holmgren's who was a friend of mine, mutual friend. And so we, I went there and I was all excited because, man, I played in college and I was excited to see the practice. And I wanted to know what the pros did, man. I wanted to see what they did on the field compared to what we did mm-hmm. in high school and college. And, and when I got there and I was watching the practice, I remember leaving thinking, bummer. They did everything we did. <laughs> I, you know, they were doing the basics. They were working on the basics. And I thought, 
a professional working on the basics? <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Shouldn't they be working on like real cool schemes and different things that nobody else does? You know, I mean, yeah. that kind of thing. No, they're working on the very same thing you do in Pop Warner football. And so I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, all right, why? Well, because the basics are what messes you up. Yeah. When you get out of the basics, you are messed up. Mm. There are certain things that will not change in that game. You know, uh, how you have your feet placed. You, you hear it all the time. They talk about quarterbacks and, and their footwork. That's a basic. It, you know, it, it's, it's, you need to have your footwork right. You, you talk about linemen. They need to, they need to make sure, you know, that they don't let people into them and that kind of stuff. It, they're basics that will never change and they got to practice them. Well, I, in life, there are basics. And what happens is after a while, I think we get to where we don't think we need to practice the basics anymore. Mm. Because we're now old professional people, and we know how to be people. Yeah. And I think what happens is the basics start getting away from us, and we have to go back to the Vince Lombardi quote, this is a football uh, kind of thing. Yep. Every guy that played football ever understands, or any sport, any girl that played any sport, I, I mean, we understand you violate the basics, and you will have an issue down the road. And so I, I, I would always start then after talking about some of the basics. If you, if you heard me earlier, I was talking about sleep and just water and eat. Those are basic things. Mm-hmm. And, and then going into the basics of do you know God? Because you were made to know him. And if you don't, man, that's the basic thing in the world. So we want to start there, get you, get you to in a position where you can know God. And I tell you, if somebody's listening and they're, they're saying right now, I don't know God. And, you know, I, I invite you to go. There's a live coach waiting for you right now at hopenet360.com. Click on the live coach button and talk to him. Say, I, I want to know this God. I, I want to know how to know him and, and let him talk you through that because it's very important, uh, basic part of our life that if you ignore, you're not going to be okay. And there are other basics, but I mean, I, I think sometimes we think our issues are so profound and so complex and nobody else has the issues we have that we, we put ourselves in this hole that we can't get out of. And the truth of the matter is, I don't think that other people have not been where you are. And I think there's a lot of hope for anybody that would be willing to look again and see what basics have been violated and go back and try and correct them. I think we tend to take ourselves way too seriously and sometimes not take other people seriously enough. Yep. And that's what I found in my own life where I've, I sometimes think I know better than other people know. And unfortunately, what that is only doing is perpetuating the myth in my mind that I am the way I am because of maybe somebody else or because I deserve it somehow. But somehow we're living in this non-reality world we've created in our mind and we allow ourselves over and over to get to believing some of these things. And and that can in and of itself lead us down a path of darkness and to depression unless we find a way to pull out. And so tonight, I want to help you to pull up. Pull that nose of that airplane up and and get out of the nosedive that you've been in for a long time. And I know that I need this kind of a person speaking into my life when I'm in the midst of it that someone needs to say, hey, Jeff, you need to pull up. You really need to get your nose back up and start to start to really look at things from a, a better level, a better perspective than you're in right now, because right now it's leading down to a path of destruction. And Dave, I appreciate that. I, I heard one thing that stood out when you were talking about uh, opening up that conversation is you like to ask questions and not always try to find the quick fix, but just getting that person talking. So if someone comes up to you and says, man, I'm just struggling with depression. I don't know what to do right now. I hate feeling like this. I hate living like this. 
your goal in the first thing is just to get them to start talking right. and just to open up and let's talk about God. Let's talk about reality. Let's talk about what's going on in your world right now and maybe some of the decisions you've been making. We're going to talk about this more as we go on in the show, Dave. And I want to hear some of your thoughts too. What do you do when you find yourself in the midst of maybe that dark fog and you're not sure where to go? You're not sure what's real right now. What do you do? How do you pull out of that? You can get on the tweet back right now with us. Use the hashtag HNRTB. You can also send your thoughts to hope at hopenet360.com. This conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio and Q90FM. Hey, this is Tara Kay from HopeNet Radio. Today, all around the world, more people are enslaved than in any other time in history. January is National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. Join me and be part of Human Trafficking Awareness Day on January 11th. Together, we can put an end to slavery. Check out HopeNet360.com slash end slavery. One word. HopeNet360.com slash end slavery. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show. Chat with a live coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Jeff, DW with you tonight. Just the two of us. We're having an honest conversation about some of the things that we've experienced in our own lives, but so many of us deal with, sometimes on a regular basis. Some of us have been dealing with depression for years. And I hope tonight, our hope for you tonight on this show as you listen is that, number one, we have we can learn how to laugh, learn how to have joy in the midst of pain, as we always want to bring up in this show, but that we also know that there is hope in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of maybe a depressing time in your life, maybe a time where you really are depressed and you feel like hope is just... It's always just out of your grasp. There is hope for you. And so tonight we're going to have an honest conversation about this. We are having an honest conversation. You could join in with us, share your thoughts with us. You could send your emails anytime at hope at hopenet360.com. But Dave, depression is a huge, huge topic. And neither of us are doctors. None of us have a PhD in psychology or mental health issues. But many of us have had someone that have come to us and said, I, man, I've, I've been struggling with depression. I don't know what to do. And now they're reaching out. They're looking for hope. And a lot of times we just feel like, man, I got to give them a quick fix. I got to, you know, they're going through stuff. I know I feel a release when I'm able to go and share my feelings and, and some of those things with people that I know and I can trust. But for some, they just don't have that. I think it's important to know that we have to start the dialogue somewhere. So how do we do that? How do we do that in a safe framework? And that's what we're talking about tonight on the show is how we do that. And one of the things that I think also contributes to being depressed is that we allow ourselves in our mind, we allow ourselves to go down a negative thought pattern, a negative trail. You talk a lot about expectations. You talk a lot about things like control. How do you struggle with that? Have you ever felt that way, Dave? Oh, yeah. You know what? And, and the reason you struggle with control is because you're not in control. I mean, there's a lot of things that you are not in control about. You are not in control about what family you were born into. You're not in control about the color of your eyes. You're not in control about the height of your, you know, six foot, five foot, whatever. Yeah. You're not in control about a lot of things. However, there are some things you are in control of. And, and what happens is you get so busy looking at what's out of control in your life, what you don't have control in, that you abdicate or you give up the control that you should have. I mean, you, you should be controlling your attitude and that kind of thing. It's, <laughs> it's, it's interesting uh, what happens. Here's, here's my suggestion. We have an interesting educational system. 
in that um, a lot of times, let's say you're a fifth grade child. A fifth grade child will go spend all day with fifth grade children. Mm -hmm. And and then he'll come home and he'll spend the afternoon after school playing with fifth grade children outside, which is good and healthy. He'll run in. Many kids don't even eat dinner with their family. But if they do have a family dinner, they'll go back outside and play with their fifth grade buddies until they go to bed. And, And when they go to bed, you know, mom and dad spend a few minutes with them and then they go to bed and then they get up and do it all over again tomorrow. <laughs> On Saturdays, they spend time playing with their fifth grade buddies. Now, what happens is they end up surrounding themselves with fifth graders all the time. Now, I, I have nothing against that. That's, that's fun and, and should be. But fifth graders cannot help other fifth graders see beyond fifth grade level. Yeah. And, and so it's a perspective problem. What God did in wisdom is invent old people. Um, and, and, and what happens is you have parents that should be in, engaged in their children's lives. And, and we have grandparents who could be engaged in children's lives. And we have people that, that are in the church that are older, that have walked through this life, that love God and have, have shown that they love God and love people. What, what you need to do is identify somebody that's beyond you in life, uh, beyond your, your season of life, whatever that might be, and, and that loves God and, and shows that they love God and would sit down with you and, and talk to you. Because there are things that they can teach you about life that they've already learned. And, and that's where they can ask you questions and, and learn more about who you are. And it's kind of like, uh, when I did play football, I'll go back to that analogy, the coaches would spend time uh, evaluating film. And I didn't really care for those film sessions because the film sessions were absolutely 100% true. You know, it wasn't anybody else on that film. It was me. Mm-hmm. And either I did it right or I did it wrong. And they could play it back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And, and after a while, if you were, if you made a mistake and they were talking about somebody else in that play and they kept playing it back and forth, you're going, please get on to the next frame, <laughs> you know, because I have seen my mistake over and over and over again, but you know, they're not going to do that. They're going to, they're going to play it over and over <laughs> again, and then they're going to get to you and they're going to say, wager, do you see what you did here? And you're going to go, yes, sir, I do. And, and here's how we can be. See, what they did was that they honestly showed me the mistake I made so that I could learn how not to make it again. Yeah. And the reason they knew that is they were outside observers. They had a different angle. They could look at it over and over again. And they saw their job as helping me become the best I could become. Mm-hmm. And and really, I think I would like to encourage anyone older that's listening. In fact, everyone that's listening, if if you're listening, there's somebody younger than you in the faith, and there's probably somebody younger than you, uh, age wise or season wise. I would be looking for a young person that you could take under your wing and mentor, and that you could look for a ways to to get into their life and help them understand things that maybe you struggled with, but now you have understood. And if you're a young person, you're looking for an older person in church like that, you can go to your pastor and ask him for help to find somebody. But I think one of the starting points for you is to find somebody that could be on the outside of your life, somebody that has a different perspective, that loves God and actually loves people, and and, and learn to spend some time with them so that you can get a different perspective. Get away from the fifth graders if you're in fifth grade. That They're, they're not all evil, believe me. You're, gonna, you're not going to want to play with a 90-year-old. I understand that. Uh, but... But go and spend some time with somebody who is in a different generation than you and and allow them into your life and talk to them and see if it doesn't start exposing things that need to be exposed. And don't be defensive. They're going to see things differently than you. And yes, no. they have blind spots like everybody else. Yep. I mean, every human being that walks the face of the earth has blind spots. But 
you know, start to ask good questions and listen and evaluate and realize I need somebody in my life that's like the old coaches that will look at the film and tell me what they actually see. Yeah. And and that can be most helpful if you're willing to do it. it you, you know, why wouldn't we do that, Jeff? Why, why do you think people avoid that kind of relationship? Well, because I think naturally many of us don't like correction. Yeah. Correction is not comfortable. Someone is saying, look, I'm seeing you do this. And that's just not right. That's not going to help you. And they're not saying the best way that makes me feel comfortable. And it comes back to that comfortability question. Am I going to be comfortable with somebody speaking into my life and actually correcting me yeah. from an error, from doing something wrong? And I have to be willing. And I want to, I want to encourage the young people that are listening tonight. There are many adults. I shouldn't say necessarily many, but there are many important and necessary adults that we need to have in our life. I would think youth pastors are one of those people, youth workers. I think parents are definitely one of those that uh, we tend to buck a little bit when we're young people that we think, oh, they just don't know what I'm dealing with. They don't know what I'm going through. They keep, you know, they're my mom, they're my dad. They're supposed to correct me and I'm supposed to rebel against them. Well, you know, you know, you're supposed to actually listen to people that want to offer correction if it's really good and uh, in solid wisdom. And I think that it comes back to if we don't know what the Bible talks about, if we're not really sure what it talks about, we're not going to understand correction when it you know hits us in the face. But when we look at how God works, he does correct us because he loves us. And the same thing is true for our friends. Those who are friends who truly love us, who truly care about us, are going to be willing to speak into our life and say, hey, I see you doing this. And it's a two-way street. It's, it's if you see something in my life and I'm doing something that is just not smart, it's not wise, it's, you know, it's a little bit of a gray area maybe, and it's going to bring you down a, a road of pain. If someone doesn't come into my life and speak into my life in that moment and say, hey, Jeff, I really think you need to think about this a little bit more. I think maybe you should reconsider that decision. I, I'm not trying to tell you what to do, but I see a road of pain coming up in your life. Man, I need those people in my life. I need to be open and say, you know, just Tell me how you see it. Am I really off on this thing? I'm not, I'm not trying to look for you to build up my ego right now. I'm looking for you to actually say, yeah, you know, that's a bad idea. I need you to say that. And I think young people, you have to be willing to, to actually open yourself up, make yourself vulnerable and in some way kind of bat down that ego that you tend to build up when you're a young person and say, I got this. I got it figured out and just say, I don't have this all figured out. Could you help me? Could you? Just see things, help me frame this up a little bit. Help me see things the way that you see them. I think you'll find that decisions will be made better in that frame of reference. You'll help pull yourself out of that depression if you're just willing to surround yourself with the right people. We're going to talk about this in the second half of HopeNet Radio. Remember, you can join us anytime on the tweet back. Use the hashtag HNRTB. This conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. Hi, this is Dave Wager, a voice you normally hear on HopeNet Radio, and I'd love to invite you, our listening guest, to a special weekend at the Wolf River Refuge, sponsored by Silver Birch Ranch, a time where we get together and learn how to really study the Bible. We call it Digging Deeper. It'll be held February 19th to 21st. You can find more information at WolfRiverRefuge.org. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. 
And welcome to the second half of the show. HopeNet Radio, glad that you've joined us here tonight on the show. Check out our events calendar at HopeNet360.com. There's a lot of things coming up here in January. And right now we're in the midst of National Slavery and Human Trafficking Awareness Month. And tomorrow there are events happening here in Northeast Wisconsin around human trafficking awareness. So check out our website, HopeNet360.com for that. Also starting up in just uh, over, just about a week away, the new Perspectives class coming to Green Bay. You're not going to want to miss that. If you have an opportunity to go and check it out, you can learn more about it at HopeNet360.com. That's a perspectives class. So good things happening here in Northeast Wisconsin. Glad that you've joined us from wherever you're at tonight in the world. And uh, we've been having a pretty honest, open conversation about a very loaded topic, a very loaded conversation about depression, how to fight depression. Because sometimes when we're in the midst of that time, maybe you're feeling that way lately and, and you've been struggling to pull out and you're just waiting for someone to come along and say, hey, are you depressed? Are you going through something in your life that you feel like is just insurmountable, is is causing you extreme pain? Man, we want to open that conversation up tonight for so many people. And if that's you, we'd love to hear from you. You can always email us at hope at hopenet360.com. There's no shame. You can stay anonymous. Um, but we want to know if, if this is helping you, if maybe you have a story or something you can relate to in the show, we'd love to hear from you. So, Dave, one of the things that I think today is sometimes not looked at enough and one of the things, there are so many verses in Proverbs talking about those that we associate our, ourselves with in our lives. Uh, a lot of times, the people that we allow in our life to even speak in our life, we talked about how we have to be willing to have people correct us and to allow that voice in our life when we really don't feel like they deserve that place or that they might be too harsh or maybe they're really just pushing on us and and I'm just not comfortable with correction. I don't know that anybody's really comfortable with correction, but there are some people in our life that we need to both allow into our life and then there are some people that we need to in some ways, push ourselves, distance ourselves from, and maybe we need to figure out how to determine that a little bit. Does that make any sense to you, Dave? How important is it the people we surround ourselves with? Uh, you know, it's very critical. I mean, in the Bible, all the way through the Bible, God is very clear that those people around us will influence us. And uh, it's important to understand that we are like sheep, and sheep are followers, and we follow people, and we follow trends, and we follow. My own thinking didn't work with some of the others at times. So I used to laugh at the idea of people saying, yeah, I'm an independent thinker. And you look at their pants, you know, and they look like everybody else, and their shirts look like everybody else, and their hairstyles look like everybody else. And they're saying, yeah, I'm doing my own thing. It's like, you're not doing your own thing. You're, you're very influenced by other people and other things. And that's not evil necessarily, but that's who we are. Uh, not only that, there's a reframing um, through history at, at times, and I think all the way through history, of what friendship really is. Uh, some thing I realized when I was in high school is I had certain friends in my life who pushed me to be better, and I had other friends who accepted my mediocrity. And the ones that accepted my mediocrity were not great friends because they never expected much out of me. They never pushed me. They Whatever I did, yeah, that's okay. It doesn't matter. Everything's cool. And, and then I had those who said, man, you could be better at this. If you would do this, you'd be better. You know, the guys I played sports with who, who were always working at making me better at something instead of just accepting the mediocre. I, I remember there was an incident, and there have been incidents through my life, where a young man had taken a, a, a bunch of pills. 
And there was a guy who played games with medicine or something. I forget what the pills were, but he would play games and he would calculate how many he could take in that die. And, and one night he took just a, a bunch of pills right to the limit. And he had some friends that were watching him or so-called friends and, and they watched him take it. And, and the guy went into like coma, I guess you would call it. And they just left and went to bed. So in the morning, you know, uh, this guy, man, didn't wake up and, and finally, um, you know, trying to figure out where he is and we found him and, and he was, you know, strung out in his bed. And later we found his friends and said, did you know this was going on? Yeah, we were with him. And you didn't say anything? You went to bed knowing that your friend was in a coma and you said nothing? It was like, yeah, we're his friend. We're not going to rat him out on this. Hmm. You're, you're his friend and you would watch him die? You would watch him do something that doesn't make any sense and ruin any future that he might have? What happened is I actually had this this guy stay with me for the next 48 hours hmm. so that I could watch over him. And and the bottom line really is I wanted to make sure that he was in a position where he could start again to think through this and make some right choices and that kind of thing. And here I am, the older guy, willing to spend my time and effort to try and restore this young man. And his friends turned their back on him and walked away because they called it friendship. Yep. I, I think they were idiots myself. I mean, you're not a friend if you can walk away from somebody that's doing something they shouldn't do that's harmful to themselves and say nothing to anybody that would have the courage to go in and stop it. That's not friendship. Mm-hmm. And and so to me, that's redefining friendship. Uh, friendship really is when you see somebody doing something that, that's going to be harmful to them, that you not only speak to them about it, but you do everything in your power to stop them from hurting themselves. There are a lot of people that would uh, do something in a moment's time that they're doing because they just feel that way or they're they're not thinking clearly for the moment. And if you can if you can stop it temporarily, we you can work on a long term solution down the road. Mm-hmm. But it's important that you stop it temporarily so that, that the long term solution can be attempted down the road. And um if you're a friend, you're not just gonna shrug your shoulders and say, Oh, it's their choice. Yeah, we all do things in moments in history that we should not do. We all do things where while you're in the middle of doing it, you go, uh-oh, I shouldn't have done that. You know, I mean, we all do it. It's really nice to have somebody around that says, you know, don't do that. I've, I've been there. I've seen that. I've heard about that. Don't do it. And if, if you're going to do it, I'm going to do something to get you to not do it. You know, and, and, and start to be a real friend who really cares about somebody else's life and step in and do something. You'd be surprised how many people in life that you can positively affect if you just take the initiative to do that. So, Dave, you're saying that a true friend would actually speak up and would tell you the error of your ways before things got to be a, to a point where it could even threaten to take your life. Absolutely. You know, I mean, one of the things that, that is the basics of life, when we talked about basics, is to love God. We've talked about that. And then to love one another. And to love one another means that we're concerned about the best for somebody. Not that we're concerned about comfort in our life or that they like us, but we're concerned about their best. And when you're concerned about somebody's best, you know, Jeff, you're a parent, and mm-hmm. if your children are about to do something really silly, but they really want to do it, they could consider you an enemy for a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, but you still have the obligation as a dad to correct them because you do not want them 
putting their face on that hot burner on the stove. This will not be good for their future. Yep. So, so you are going to stop them. And they could run away saying, you don't love me. I don't want to be in this family. I mean, you, you could put up with all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But you actually did it because you love them. Yep. And we need to get that through our heads. If you actually love people and you care for people, you cannot watch them destroy themselves and do nothing. Yeah. And, you know, life is full of a bunch of complicated and calculated risks. And we take risks every single day. Just walking outside the door or even some for some of us getting out of bed is a risk in and of itself but as a parent you know there are certain things you look at life differently when you become a parent because you realize now i'm not just liable for my own life i'm actually caring for someone who is much more vulnerable than i am and uh and there's not really a whole lot of security in this world that can guarantee my safety and or that someone's not going to come in and try to hurt my family or hurt me but at the same point i begin to look at myself differently i look at you know how i view my life and, and my kids and you know so there are things that we calculate every single day, the different risks. Do I let my kids jump on the couch? You know, if it's distracting them from terrorizing my kitchen while we're trying to make dinner. I mean, there's some risks like that that seem a little bit frivolous, but in our in our own lives, we take risks every single day. And I think sometimes we allow the people that are in our life to influence the risks that we take, unfortunately. That whole three's a crowd kind of mentality that, you know, I'm I'm going out and doing something fun. I think everybody in the back of their mind, everybody's got some kind of a moral compass or an ethical compass. And uh, unfortunately, there are some people who's, you know, if you continually make choices further and further down the road, that I'm just going to keep making poor choices, poor choices, poor choices. Eventually, I won't know right from wrong anymore. That does happen. But there are many of us, we hang around with people that just like to bend the rules just enough, just a little bit to get ourselves just enough in trouble, but yet still think that we're having a fun time. And unfortunately, some of those risks that we take so willingly, they can really put us at a, at a place of real disadvantage or even loss. And I think that's something that we need to consider when we're talking about depression, we're talking about those we allow ourselves to, to live life with. I think, I think some people, we like to do this. We like to surround ourselves with people that allow us to continue in our mess. Those aren't real friends. Real friends don't let friends stay in their mess and in their uncomfortable dissatisfaction in life. No, real friends are going to help pull us out of that mess, pull us out of the, the muck and get us back on the rock, get us at a, a place of right standing in a place that you know we can actually launch out and be productive to be an encouragement to somebody else. So I want to continue this conversation with you in the next part of our conversation. Stay tuned. There's more to come here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. Hi, this is Dave Wager, a voice you normally hear on HopeNet Radio. And when I'm not doing radio, one of my favorite things to do is teach at the Nicolay Bible Institute. I invite you to check out this one-year Bible and service program at NicolayBibleInstitute.org. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back. Reframing Your Life, the series this month, and we've been talking about this really heavy conversation about depression. Glad that you've joined us here on the show tonight, Dave. Hebrews 12, I think, holds a key, one of the keys anyway, to helping to fight depression. Uh, when I read through the book of Hebrews, it's a very meaty book. There's a lot in there. But Hebrews 11 really talks about these heroes in the faith, and many that Scripture reflects very positively on, people that 
have been uh, warriors for the sake of the kingdom, people that have done things right, and they made the right decision at the right time. These are examples that we should learn from. And that, that's why the author of Hebrews really highlights these people. Is He's saying, hey, look. These are people that you should model your life after. And I'm not saying none of these people have ever dealt with depression. I think a lot of them, as you go on and you you live the Christian life, sometimes the point of living as a Christian actually goes contrary to how we feel. And so sometimes my expectations of life, Dave, you, you really asked the question very eloquently, is if I'm supposed to live a comfortable life, that things are supposed to feel good all the time. As a Christian, as someone of faith, my life isn't always a, a shining pearl. A lot of times it feels like, man, I'm enduring pain for what? I'm gaining nothing out of this. And if I'm really looking at it from a physical standpoint, the Christian faith leaves me depressed, except for I know the author and finisher of my life. And so Hebrews 12 talks about this. And he puts this all in perspective in all the heroes of faith. And he says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And there is such comfort in that passage, Dave, where it talks about being surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, surrounded by people that are cheering you on. And uh, I know you have a really great way of illustrating this passage. So yeah. I want to let you just talk a little bit about Hebrews 12 and what this is all about to you. Yeah, you know, I love Hebrews chapter 11 and 12. In fact, I, I have my students listen to my dad teach Hebrews 11, and it's 17 hours that he teaches on it. And it's just a fascinating thought uh, as you go through Hebrews 11. And then when you get to Hebrews 12, it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great cloud of witnesses, if you put it in context, it's it's really talking about those that are in Hebrews chapter 11, the, the, the heroes of the faith. We're surrounded by them. And so let us lay aside, because it seems to say that, you know, there are things in this life that slow us down, but we should get rid of those because we're running a race that is set before us. And, and we're looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, the, the one that, that basically that's where our eyes are on. That's the finish line that we're looking for because we're going to cross that line. And when we do, we want to cross as winners. That's what we want to do. Now, the analogy is real simple. In fact, years ago, I watched, uh, I'm a cross country skier. So I was watching the Winter Olympics and, and the, and the Norwegian team and, and the Swedish team and all that kind of stuff. We're, we're in it. And I'm always rooting for the Swedish team or the United States team. <laughs> However, the Italians won that year. Wow. And I'm thinking, no kidding, the Italians beat us in cross-country skiing. This isn't right. And and what happened, though, was the Italians were so far ahead that the, there were four in a relay. And the three Italians that, were, that got them the lead were all at the finish line. And you know what they were doing, Jeff, at the finish line? What? They were cheering on the guy that didn't finish yet. Because they didn't mm. win until he won. It wasn't that they didn't give us a great lead. It wasn't that they didn't have it so that nobody else could could win. It's just they still didn't win until he won. And and that's really the context here in chapter 12. There are a cloud of witnesses who have already done their job. They have loved God. They have lived right. They have shown the world who God is. And now they're cheering me on so that I do the same thing. And And as I do that same thing, they're cheering me on because we don't win 
until the last person in our team crosses that finish line. Now, I don't know if I'm the last person. I don't know all if there's other faithful people there or not because the Bible's not clear. You know, my dad was a faithful guy who loved God. Is he among that crowd? I don't know. I do know that those in Hebrews chapter 11 would be among that crowd. And so I do know that we haven't won yet, but we will win. And my leg of the journey is right now. And, you know, I don't know if you've been involved in sports, those that are listening. I know you have, Jeff. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's not always fun, the practice. It's not always fun, the race. It's not always fun being in the middle of the battle because sometimes those are the hardest moments of your life. So what keeps you going is your focus on the finish. And what's at the finish? Jesus, the judge, and those who went before you that are already gave you the lead. All you got to do is finish. Do what you've practiced. Do what you know to do and get to the end. And you win this thing. And in the process, you then become one of the group. If there's more behind you, you become one of the group cheering on those who are yet to come because you're not going to win until they win. And and that's the whole process that we are in. And it's important to see that. Now, those who are disconnected totally from God and disconnected from thinking about the reality of what's going on and, and with God and angels and those who went before us, you know, they don't get this picture. But this is the picture that's painted very carefully by the author of Hebrews. Yeah, and it's that's a great illustration for that because, you know, when you put it in the context of a relay team, we're not the ones that the whole race necessarily hinges on. I mean, we're a part of it. We're we're a, another cast member in that whole thing, and we're on a team that's huge. I mean, there's a huge team of people in this relay race, and we go from generation to generation to generation to generation. And so much like a parent, I have to instill the biblical values that have been instilled in my life. I have to lead my kids into a relationship with Jesus. I have to help foster that environment. I can't just expect it to happen, you know, through osmosis or whatever. I have to actually have some kind of part that I play in it. And so, you know, that's where, again, this tension of living in a world that tends to be a lot of, a lot of times it goes contrary to my expectations. It goes contrary to how I feel it should go. I have to have the right perspective. Perspective. I have to look at this and say, yeah. there are people that are actually in heaven right now, and they're cheering me on. Yeah. They really want me to finish this race. They really want me to succeed. They really want me to say no to drugs. They really want me to say yes to the things of God and to being led by His Spirit. They want me to say no to things that continually weigh me down and things that distract and things that pull away from the things of God because they know those things don't bring peace in their life. They know all those things, they just serve as distractions. They they keep us in a place of inability and unproductiveness. And for me, it's it's one of those things where life isn't about productivity. Life isn't about uh, having all the stuff in the world and having the wealth and the riches that come with it. In fact, the writer of Solomon, uh, Solomon, the great writer of the Old Testament, he found out at the end of his life, none of that really, really was satisfying. None of it really had any sort of meaning to it. Really what had meaning in his life was to know God, to love him, and to do right. Yep. And and that's really what it comes down to. If you don't do anything else, if you just decide today I'm going to do what's right, I'm going to do, maybe that feels uncomfortable, maybe it means that I have to reach out and ask for help, maybe it means that I have to, to let down my guard, I have to confess some things that I've been just holding in the darkness for so long and I've never let anybody know about because I felt so ashamed of them, I felt so, you know, that this was, if this ever came out it would 
ruin my reputation. I think it's important that we actually go to somebody that we can trust and to talk about these things. That is something that today it seems so foreign to some people and that we are unwilling to recognize times where I need to have correction in my life. And Dave, I, I love how you put that. I, I think it's it serves well for people to go and read this chapter, Hebrews 12, um, and to know, really to know that there are people that are cheering you on. So I find great comfort in that, Dave. Yeah, you know what? And, and it really mentions the idea of getting rid of the things that hinder us. You know, there, there are things that really stop us from understanding that this is a race and that we are going to win it and that we're a part of a winning team. There are things that get in the way, and we need to recognize what they are and, and just get rid of them because they're going to slow you down. And you're going to wish that they weren't a part of your life one day. That's where somebody older might be handy for you to talk to and say, you know what? I'm, I'm, instead of running the, the race like I should, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm running through mud. You know, I mean, yeah. life doesn't seem fun and it seems like I'm running, but I'm not getting anywhere and it's hard to run. You know, maybe they can help talk you through some of the things that make you feel that way. Yeah. And, you know, I said something earlier. I want to unpack this a little bit as we wrap up the show tonight, but we tend to take ourselves way too seriously and we tend to take other people not seriously enough so join us for this part of the conversation it will continue here on HopeNet Radio Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com This is HopeNet Radio Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter Hashtag HNR Now back to Jeff and Dave Chat with the live coach anytime at HopeNet360.com And right now there is one standing by If you need to talk to someone Visit HopeNet360.com Click on that talk to a live coach button Jeff DW back with you on the show tonight Glad that you joined us for this conversation It's been a little bit heavy But I want to lighten it up a little bit And the one thing that I said earlier in the show That has stood out to me through this entire conversation Dave is that sometimes A lot of times we take ourselves way too seriously. What I mean by that is sometimes we take our situation, our circumstances, and we look at it and we say, man, this is really what's weighing me down. And it's just, it's taking all my focus. It's taking all my effort to just bear it and to get through it. And I think we just, we tend to just take it way too seriously. Mm -hmm. And I know you've got a story. I have plenty of stories in my life where I've taken something way too seriously. And you know, after the fact, I just laugh. I laugh at myself because I was so disappointed in the moment. And then I realized, man, it really wasn't that bad. It could have been a lot worse, but it really wasn't that bad. And I just, I made it that bad. You know what? There's so many things in life that I could tell you about that at my age and things I've done. I used to drive a bus actually for camp and you'd break down on the side of the road and you'd have 60 kids on the bus. And you're sitting on the side of the road and the policeman or whoever's there says, don't let your kids go to the bathroom on the side of the road. It's like, you stop them. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, how do you do that? We're here for an hour or something. How in yeah. the world do you do that? And and they would just roll their eyes like, I don't know. That's just yeah. the law. You know, it's like, I don't know what to tell you. I, yeah, and so the only thing you do is laugh at it. You know what I mean? Because, and, and I remember once, you know, kids were just, coming to me and their kids their 10 year old kids going i gotta go to the bathroom I gotta go to the bathroom please don't let them go to the bathroom it's like you know what i got to man they, they've got to do it and i just defied yeah. the law right there and laughed and i said like i don't know what else to do call their mother you know what i mean <laughs> I, I, I can't work with this but the other, the other day i was helping my my daughter actually move and she was moving to a she lived in appleton she was moving to nina and i i was on capitol street down there and i i was trying to back a trailer up and i kind of cheated a little getting the center of the road so i could back it in the driveway and I went to change it from drive up into reverse and the truck I was driving went into park and then the 
I was trying to move it back to reverse, and the, the shift lever just flopped. It just went down like there was no resistance on it. I thought, oh no, uh oh. Now you got to remember, I already cheated into the center of the street, and I already got the trailer on an angle over one of the you know, the rest of the lane in one place, and so I am blocking like three quarters of of the street at this point, and I'm thinking, ah oh, man. So I spent about a nanosecond getting angry, and then I realized that's that's not helping. So I got, I got out and I started smiling a little bit and laughing, and people are hunking their horns and looking at me like get out of the way and you know, give, giving you the one finger salute and things. And I'm thinking, you know, you know, this thing's a bucket of bolts I'm driving, and and one of the bolts just broke. You know, I I don't know what else to do here but sit here now. And 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 my daughter wasn't there. They were inside. They're getting stuff ready to move because I was just this is my second trip and we we're going to get stuff in the trailer and. And so one of the little boys came out, and, and he kind of walked out in the street with me. He had no clue what was going on. God always provides you a moment of humor. Yeah. And, and he, he goes, hi, Mr. Wager. How you doing? And I was like, uh, <laughs> fine. Yeah. I said, could you go? And I used my daughter's name. Could, I said, could you go get this? So he ran off, and about a minute later, he came back and said, who is that anyway? And, and I thought, okay, God, that's funny. You know what I mean? <laughs> who is that? That's the one we're moving. But yeah. because she's a school teacher. They called her Miss Wager. She, they didn't know her first name. Yeah. And, and because I'm her dad, I called her by her first name. So so they didn't know who she was. And so it's like, oh, brother. Well, go get, and I told her, you know, Miss Wager. Okay, I, I know her. So he went in, and I'm, I'm sitting there smiling down the road, you know. <laughs> and finally my daughter came out, and I'm sitting there going, you know, we got a problem here. I'm, and she goes, oh, dad. I said, I know, I know. Here, here's what we got to do. And then we saw a policeman come, and I said, oh, good. And, and my daughter said, oh, great, a policeman. Isn't that great to live in a country where you can say, great, a policeman? And so we waved him over, and, and he said, everyone okay? I said, sure. And he said, what's the deal? I said, well, here's the deal. He goes, well, can we get it neutral and push it? And I said, no, here's the deal. It's in park, and I can't move it. And then he just smiled, and I said, sorry, man, I don't mean to bother you. He goes, this is, a, this is an okay problem. And I mean, everybody has it. But yeah. then uh, for an hour and a half, I stood in the rain waiting for a tow truck, and, and the nice policeman was standing there directing traffic, and I had a great conversation with him. And, you know, it ended up, I, I enjoyed just being with the policeman. I enjoyed talking to people. I was freezing later and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, mm-hmm. you know, I couldn't do anything about it. And so you end up looking for ways to just make it positive uh, if you can do that at all. Another friend came by. We, we unhooked the trailer, pushed it. He put it on his Suburban and continued to move, and I was just sitting there for an hour and a half, and... I'm telling you, even the policeman was looking at people going, what in the world? These people, you know, they're, they're, they're rushing by, they're getting mad, they're angry that you're, it's like, sorry, you know, I can't move the vehicle at this point. Yeah. And all of us, I tell you, if anyone who drives, you are driving a bucket of bolts and it, any moment one of those bolts could go out, be patient. I was astounded though, Jeff, nobody really, and maybe because other people are there, but nobody really stopped to say, can I help at all? Or is there a way we can work? You know, no one did that. Hmm. And maybe the police were there and that stopped it or maybe something else. But regardless, it was an hour and a half before the tow truck came. He was there for about 30 seconds. Hey, what's the problem? Where do you want to tow? See you later. I mean, that was yep. it. <laughs> the yeah. thing was gone. And then I'm standing <laughs> in the middle of the street with nothing. I'm yeah. standing there all by myself now. <laughs> and, and I'm going, oh, the car's gone. So I looked over at a guy that was helping move. And I said, hey, you, you got a car? He goes, yeah, can I have your keys? <laughs> sure. He threw them at me. 
I said, I'll drive your car because I need a way to get out of here. And <laughs> he just laughed and got in one of the trucks with the guys, and I took his car and met him back over at the other house and everything. He's still laughing about that, like, you told me to give me your car. I said, I needed a way to get out. <laughs> oh, man. We have those things happen in our life so often. And, you know, that was one of those things out of your control. Oh, absolutely. And I, we come back to that issue of control that, you know, if I had the choice in the matter, I would have chosen something different in that moment. I would have chosen to let it, you know, fall in the park when I'm in the driveway, you know, yep. if it was up to me. Or I would just, you know, pick up the truck with my bare hands and move it. But I couldn't do yep. that. I mean, you couldn't do that. It was one of those things where... Well, you know what? I asked that, Jeff. I prayed. I said, God, why not in the driveway? Yeah. I mean, I'm 10 <laughs> feet from the driveway. Yeah. Why it's out totally here in the street? That. Yeah, <laughs> and, and so we get so wrapped up in, in the control part of it and in my circumstances, and that's that a lot of times brings about depression, that we try to take control of something that isn't able to be controlled by us. It's too heavy for us to lift. It's too much for us to handle on our own. And that's, again, why we come back to having a faith and a belief that God is big enough. He can handle your situation. He can handle your circumstances. He sees everything from start to finish, and he is able, he is able to take upon the weight and the burden of whatever you're carrying. And I don't know what that is for you. I don't know the weight. I don't know the guilt. I don't know the shame. I don't know the situation that you're going through. I don't know the financial hardships. I don't know the health struggles that you're dealing with. I don't know the relational problems that are going on in your life that are causing you stress and pain. And almost it feels like almost a physical death inside. I don't know that, but God does. God sees that. And I think when we're able to define it clearly, and just like what you talk about, Dave, defining it, bringing clarity to what that issue is, talking about it in the framework of reality, we don't get reality from our own perspective. We can't even see reality even if we have a great mentor in our life. Really, perspective of reality comes from the way that God sees it. If we don't understand that, we are going to see life the way that God sees it, and then we will not be living in reality. And that's why it's so important to be in a relationship with God, and that relationship is available to you tonight. Go and chat with the live coach right now at HopeNet360.com. They'd love to talk to you about that more and maybe help you weigh through some of the difficulties that have been going on in your life that have been causing or leading to a place of depression or just overall fogginess and not knowing which way is up. I want to encourage you, go and have an honest conversation for once. Maybe it's the first time in your life. I know it takes humility. I know it takes vulnerability. I know it takes transparency. You may not feel like you have that within you, but I can guarantee you as soon as you start peeling away one layer, the next layer becomes easier to peel back. The next layer becomes easier to peel back and so on. I would just want to encourage you, begin to peel back the layers because in 2016, you do not want to be sitting in the same place you are today at the end of the year and say, man, I'm feeling like I was successful this year. No, that's not a place of success. That's a place of despair. And I don't want you living in despair. God doesn't want you living in despair. We don't want you living in despair here on this show. And we want to help you to, to deal with that in a way that's healthy, in a way that actually works works. And this whole issue, Dave, of depression, we could spend so much more time talking about it. I'd just like to know what are your final thoughts on this as we're talking about this topic, and what do you want people to take away from tonight? You know what? Depression uh, often comes because our expectations are off, and we just don't understand some of the basics. I encourage them to go back to the scriptures, start with the basics. There is a God. He loves you. He made you. There's a plan, and if you don't know what it is, you've got to seek that till you find it. All right. Check out tonight's show notes at HopeNet360.com. Lots of things there. Lots of points to consider. The scripture we shared earlier from Hebrews 12 is also there. Also, some events coming up here in Northeast Wisconsin. Tomorrow is Human Trafficking Awareness Day, so check out some events that are happening 
happening in your area. We've got some links about things that are happening in Northeast Wisconsin. Lots of events happening across America this week. And, of course, this month we have a lot of things going on there as well. You can download the podcast at Hopeman360.com. Subscribe to it. Leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts on this show. And we would love to hear what you would like to hear us talk about. So if you've got a thought with that, you can always email us at hope at hopeman360.com. So for all of us here on the show, I'm Jeff saying so long. We'll see you guys online and next week. Bye-bye.